if you have a thought, comment, or question. Okay, confidence, go ahead. Thought, comment, or question. Thought, good evening. Okay, Thank two you minutes. so much. Um, tonight's conversation reminded me of a teaching, I think it was late last year, during the, I think, I don't know if it was after the meditation class, but we were talking about preserving the culture of your origin or the culture of your altar, something like that. Sheep amongst wolves. Yeah, sheep amongst wolves. When you said talking, that was the first thing that, that, that I remembered. And I was like, it's, it's clear that this is a very important conversation that we all need to be having, you know. Um, and especially now where it feels like the progress of the people is dependent on the few, on a few. And it can, even though we want to establish righteousness in our nation, we must, we must look to the nation of our homes, the nation of our hearts to ensure that we are also establishing righteousness there because we are a country, you know, every individual is a country within themselves. And that's why in, um, I think Proverbs, it says that a man, um, that I don't know how, how he puts it about not being able, um, the one who has government, self-government is better yes. than the one who can conquer in a city, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, so it, it just goes to show what you were saying, like, if you've not been able to, to do these things within yourself and within your home, which mountain are you going to conquer? So if you've not, you don't have self-government, how can you have government, you know, outside of yourself? And so um, this, this, even me, as you were talking, I was just asking myself certain questions, like, you want to go and do these things, and they are very good, but within yourself, how much of the government of God has been instituted within you? How much autonomy does God have over you that you want to go and replicate outside? And we need to be very honest with ourselves. If we keep lying to ourselves, we'll go out there and we'll make a mess of ourselves. Um, so it's very important that you are saying these things to us and we need to keep reminding ourselves of these things. Yes, we need to go out and advance the kingdom of God, but let the kingdom of God first advance within you so we advance outward but we must first advance inward um the deeper god comes within you and and makes um territory within you the more larger territories god is gaining within you the larger territories you can gain outside of yourself so thank you so much for this teaching it has been really really wonderful thank god thank god god bless you god bless you god bless you genesis Yes, thank you. Um, mine is also more like a thought, um, although there's still a question, but it depends on <laughs> how well I'm able to express. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's time. Um, so the part that I thought is, um, it's, it's just, I've been thinking about most of what you said before now, um, about the whole, it's more, it's the analogy that came to mind was like diffusion how you have to be concentrated and then what you are made of would actually be what you spread as opposed to being everywhere and all of that so like actually spending time and gaining ground with god um i feel like my question or my question actually would be like what exactly are how does one define the things how do I explain? Like, so for example, the Jewish people, they have their pillars. Um, I thought about the Shema, how they teach them to say those kind of things daily and all those kind of things. So with the way we are now, 
the body of Christ is pretty spread out. So like, what kind of, or is it that it's best for everybody to have their own small communities here and there, and then we just spread what is general to all of us? I mean, is that like, do you understand my question? As like, what are the pillars we get to build on so we can spread rationally and all of that? Yes. Um, it's a very beautiful question, you know. Um, when we talk about what are the pillars, first of all, we just ask, what are the pillars of God himself? right what what is god's heart what what moves him what's he trying to what's he trying to establish in mankind right and what what are the characteristics that make god god himself well one you find that god has goodwill towards all things and he has a desire to see all things manifest their full potential in the book of Genesis chapter 1, you see that everything that God created, when, when it bore after its kind, God called it good because fruitfulness and multiplication, which is actually the next point I'm going to make, which I'll try and round up very briefly. Fruitfulness and multiplication is very important to God. Fruitfulness and multiplication of the right things, right? To make sure that the real essence of who you are because you when a farmer plants is a mango seed in the ground he's not trying to bring out an orange tree is he he's trying to bring out a mango tree right and he puts the manure he he makes the ridges he pours the water and all that exposes to adequate sunlight in order to make that mango bring out what it is even more and when it starts to come out they now prune the vines they cut off branches that grow up the wrong way and everything to make sure it can become more of itself. How can we have societies that really and truly are interested in people beyond what you want people to do for you, interested in them? You have a child. Are you observing your child? Are you seeing the child's natural inclinations? Are you seeing what they have natural proclivities to? Beyond the influence of society, are you helping them to unfold those things? Are you understanding what I'm saying? To equip and make that child, that life that is within them to come out. I give a very simple example, right? Look at Bible Project, for example. Right. He has been doing this for almost 10 years now. And when he started, they were very small. But even in their micro state, you could see the massive potential that this man do we have that mindset to see how to help him bring it out the right way in all ramifications not just about making him bring that out but also to make sure he doesn't lose his way right where we are really mindful of the neighbor that i'm really my neighbor's keeper i am watching him to make sure not only does everything that god uh, that does everything that god has deposited in him come out but that all the obstacles that can make a person lose his way, that he also overcomes them. How do we have a society that actually wants to help people? Police doesn't want to help you. They want you to know where your seatbelt so they can take your money. Their job is not to help you. True or false, guys? True or false? They want you to break the law. That was Jesus Christ's problem when he came to, the, to Israel at that time. They wanted you to break the law so they can stone you to death. They don't want to teach you how to keep the law because they don't care about you. And that's a problem. People don't care. 
And that has to change. Maybe we're expecting some complex thing, but really the real complex things are very simple. People need to learn how to care for others. There is very little care in the world. We have very little concern. We look at people as means to our own ends. When we see people, we look at people as, as opportunities, as stepping stones to achieve what we want to do, as opposed to being a help in a person's life, a keeper, a supporter, a nourisher. These are basic things that we need to be taught. How to be a compliment. Most of us are not compliments. We are adversities. <laughs> they put you on a team. You just become the problem in that team. You don't know how to help another person be more beautiful. You only know how to make people beautify yourself. But if you make a person look beautiful, you don't know how to do it. Even if you did, you will never do it because, eh? If this person looks more beautiful than me, who will appreciate me now? Hmm? <laughs> Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? How to be manure. We need to learn how to be manure. We are not manure. And that's something I believe the average man needs to be taught. How can I become manure for everyone I encounter? Manure, manure for, the, for the true qualities in their soul to flourish. Now, see, that's just a basic answer I'll give to you. I mean, there are many other things, you know. How to have the spirit of steadfastness that you begin something, you complete it. That from childhood, you teach your children how to finish their food, wash their dishes, put the plates back on the rack and complete the cycle of eating. Because if you have a child that doesn't finish your food, that doesn't wash the plate, they are now used to not finishing things. They pick up a toy, they scatter it on the floor and they don't put it back. You teach them how not to complete cycles. Why would they have those issues in life? Not finishing their homework, not finishing a relationship, not, they will never finish anything. Because from childhood, they were not taught how to complete circuits. Are you guys getting that? They were not taught how to complete circuits, that spirit of steadfastness, where your mind depresses itself over matter. Steadfastness. You get up in the morning, you complete the cycle of sleep by laying your bed. These things are very important for the flow of energy in your life, but people don't know these things. It's actually important for the flow of energy. It gives you strength. Whenever you complete, I mean, do you, have, you, have, you, have you guys ever noticed that? When you finish an essay, you finish a project, you finish a meeting, you finish, you finish whatever, strength arises. Because when an end comes, an end is a natural stimulator for a new beginning. But when many things are left incomplete in our life, we always find ourselves very tired. Because that strength that only comes at the completion of something old, we don't have it because nothing is ever completed. And we just feel so exhausted, exhausted because we're starting so many things, but never are we completing the cycle. These are very basic things. You, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Basic, very basic, very basic things. That we all ought to learn. And maybe there, there's a whole lot, you know, we can definitely have a conversation about all this kind of thing, but that's just an example. 
That's a very beautiful question you asked, you know? Right, so two things. What can we do? We can learn how to care. We can really learn how to care for people. That was the strength of Jesus Christ. That's the strength of any business. Because now I can even express it even in conventional life. You want your business to be successful, actually care for your clients. I sent us a book once of a guy who owned one of the most highly rated restaurants in the world. I think it's called 8th Madison Park. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I narrated this before, right? So you guys remember what I, the story I narrated? How the guy, how the guy um, was in his restaurant and there were some people eating who came from out of town. And he heard, because he, his restaurant was very fancy, right? very upscale, very, you know, um, a la carte, you know, and they don't have hot dogs or things like that. So he heard some people on the dining table who were out of town talking about how, oh, man, I wish I could eat a New York hot dog. You know, I've never had a New York hot dog before. And he heard that. And his care for his clients, his customers, drove him out of the restaurant. He ran into the street. He bought four hot dogs, took it to the chef. He told him, cut it, make it aesthetic, do it and everything. And he presented it to the person. Ah, the person wanted to die. <laughs> now imagine if that was you. You were not discussing about eating a New York hot dog. We're like, ah, man, what will I find when I'm in this restaurant? All of a sudden, the owner of the restaurant brings that hot dog to you on a very designed plate. Won't you? Do you guys get what I'm saying? You put that restaurant on your head like this. Say, God, I die here. <laughs> you feel exactly, Elios, you feel seen. Like, wow, this person was actually paying attention to me. It makes you feel seen, so seen, so seen. Right? Yeah. You go to some malls. You see how in shopping malls, they have those ramps for people on wheelchairs. That's care. True or false, guys? True or false? Do you know that something like that is actually the impact the church is meant to have in the world? Where through society, it's very clear that there's love and compassion for people just by the way things are created. You watch some movies, some TV shows, some programs, you see how at the corner of the screen, you see someone do like this. Do you, have you guys seen that before? <laughs> for those who might be listening to the recording, I was making the gesticulations that people do for those who are deaf and dumb, right? And at the corner of the screen, you see them making all those gesticulations, you know, for you know, people who are deaf and dumb. That's care, right? Because they recognize that these people can hear, but we want to, as much as possible, help them experience this. That's care. Do you understand? That's, that's Christ-like. Are you guys getting my point? They're very basic things that will not only help your family, will also help your business. I mean, for example, in Lagos State, for example, some silly guy came online and was saying that if they're not going to vote for this particular party, you better stay in your house. And he gave an open threat. And this particular person is actually like the head of Agbiros in the whole of Lagos. Him saying that is an empowering statement to all the political thugs in the state. And no one is doing anything. Are you guys understanding that? Here. Yeah. 
You see how deep it is. I don't said care, but it looks so simple. True or false? Now that I'm unpacking it. Do you see how deep it is? I'm asking. Do you see how deep it is? It's very deep. It's very, very deep. It's not simple in any way. It sounds simple, but it's, it's very, very deep. Indeed, the person who said captions and videos, exactly, right? Helping people to keep their attention on the video because some people without those captions, they will, they, their ADHD will take them away from the video. But with those captions, it helps to hold their attention because now their ears are engaged, their eyes are engaged, everything is engaged, right? All these things are key, right? Alarm systems, you know, um, um, smart homes, all these things are key. Oh, how to make, help people get back home and not worry about how to put on the light, all this basic stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Braille writing that you find on medicinal packs. You know, you buy a medical, a, a, a tablet, you touch the back, there's Braille. It's all here. You are considering people. Basic things. If I taught this, it will influence the way we do business. And guess what? If you care for people naturally, they will reward you. True or false? So you, you, you don't have to pursue money. Your care forces people to be grateful without you even asking for it. They are grateful. They will even give you more than what you give to them. There are many people who finish from universities and the love that university gives to them, when they make money, they go back and invest millions in their research and development arm. True or false? They go back and build a basketball court. They go back and do this. Even after paying school fees. Yeah. These are basic things that we ought to be taught and it ought to reflect. Look at some offices now. They have pool tables. They have game rooms. You know, they have come to work in Mufti Day. You know, they bring cakes to work to celebrate people's birthdays. These things give life to a company, right? And it creates that strong cohesion amongst employees. It makes them feel at home. It makes it feel like a family. It makes the people want to do more. Do you understand? You don't make people do more by asking them to do more. You make people do more by doing more for them. By caring for them, people will naturally feel indebted to you when they feel cared for, when they feel seen. So these are basic things that we ought to be taught, we ought to learn. And if we can achieve this in our small circles, our small spheres, then it can be done in a larger space. Now for the final point of the evening, and I've already said a lot, so I don't want to, I don't want to drag it too much. Right? Write this down. In building Goshen, in building Goshen, we have to prepare to be fruitful and multiply. We have to prepare to be fruitful and multiply. You as one woman, God has given you the vision to take care of the orphans in your community. And that's what you do. You take care of the orphans in your community. That begins as you. You have to understand that whatever God has started with you, he wants it to go so much more beyond you, right? It wants it to be so much more beyond you. How do you ensure that what has started as a small orphanage in your house with 10 children becomes a governmental policy 
Do you guys understand? For example, in Redeemed Church, in Redemption Camp, do you know that anybody who buys a house in Redemption Camp is mandated to build a boys' quarter for missionaries? Do you guys know that? Do you guys know that? Everybody that buys a house in Redemption Camp is mandated to build a boys' quarters for missionaries to stay when they are, when they are in transit. Look at something as simple as that. Doesn't that encourage people who are doing the work of ministry in that form? Do you guys understand? When that care becomes a system, it becomes a policy that becomes widespread. Because whatever one does, it has to become fruitful and it multiplies. You're a movie maker. You're telling stories of, you know, you're you are bringing out stories of healing, of transformation, and you tell it on your Instagram. How does that become an industry? A whole industry. Porn is an industry. But it didn't begin like that. It began in small brothels where people will go and watch people have sex in small rooms. And there was probably only one place like that in the whole city. So people will have to travel miles to go to a house to watch people have sex. So what did the people do? Ah, let's help them to not travel miles. Let's record it in video so that even in their house, they can watch it. Isn't it so? Now you have to leave your house, go and buy the cassette from a store, watch it in your house. Internet now came. Now you don't even have to leave your house at all. All you need is your credit card. Now, not just that, but now, they have researched the different fantasies of people, the different mad desires that they have. They have top quality cameras, lighting. They shoot all manners of demonic passions and bring it to your bedroom. That's industry. Are you guys getting that? That's industry. Evil has become industrialized. How can righteousness become industrialized. Are you guys understanding my point? These are the things that God is inviting the church to begin to tackle, but it begins by tackling it in our own sphere of living. There are some churches, every Sunday people are paying tithes and offerings in the millions. Every Sunday, there are women with children that are crying in the church. Using a pause to consider, let me make a soundproof chamber for those women and their babies so that they can enjoy the service without feeling ashamed. My church, for example, Redeemed Church, they did that when I was young. They did that. Care. Now, that same care that could move them to make a, a space for women who are, who are nursing can that reflect in the way a company's policy is, especially when a woman gets pregnant? She has worked for you for five years. Now she gets pregnant. You, are, you want to fire her? Are you not a mad person? How can you lose respect and veneration for the mother and child? Any society that loses respect and veneration for the mother and child is already going down. And your community, there's no respect for that. Just today, 
there's one lady that lives near my, that, that she has like this Amala joint near my house. <laughs> that lady's Amala is, is divine. So I went there today. And she has a system where, you know, if you buy food inside, you'd come with like a ticket showing the amount of food that you bought. And then she on the outside would, um, would um, keep it for record purposes for her books. It's a very archaic system, but that's what she does anyway. So as I was standing there, I was paying. One young, tout-looking guy bought food. I think it was 1,000 naira. he bought his food. And then she's like, oh, where's your paper? He's like, auntie, what's this now? What's... Ah. He didn't want to bring the paper. He was arguing, so it's just 1,000 naira. He was just, and I knew that. He was saying that because she was a woman. I shouted at him. So what is wrong with you? Behave yourself. Can't you see that she's doing this to keep her books? What's the meaning of this bad behavior? I shouted at him. <laughs> the guy now became quiet. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I shouted at the guy. You didn't expect it. <laughs> right? Because I knew that he was doing that because she was a woman. And I was trying to oppress her. And I really, I really wanted to show him how stupid he was with his behavior. He became very calm. He was now docile. Because now someone bigger than you has not started speaking to you. Your, your, your strength was just a disguise. You're only strong amongst weak people. Shame on you. When people lose veneration for the, for the, for the mother and child, they're already going down. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? They're already going down. How do these little things that you have established in your, in your home express itself? For example, you have companies that have counseling departments because work is tough. People go through life, right? Challenges happen. Conflicts happen between staff. In your house as a child, let me ask you this question. How many of us, when we were young in our homes, when, when we had conflicts with our brother and sister, our parents would come and mediate you know, the issue? How many of us experienced that? Where our parents would come and mediate the issue between us and our siblings, right? Now, if that happens in the house, how do you make that to become an industry? Because the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply. Whatever it is that started small, you have to make it larger, right? Even in a church, you have two people that have conflicts. Instead of, instead of bringing them together to try and bring, get to the root of it, you start gossip. And you not take sides. And the issue is not solved. Do you get my point? You can make that into an industry, even your church that you live in. Where two people have a dispute, you sit them down and you get to the bottom of the issue. You have a company, you do the same thing. Before you know it, if that, same, if that principle happens from your home to your business, to your community... By the time two local governments are having disputes, won't it be easy to address the problems I'm asking? Won't it be easy? Won't it be easy? If you have a whole nation that behaves like that, won't it be easy to deal with issues and disputes between two nations? Because do you think, in essence, there's a difference between the conflicts of two nations and the conflicts of two brothers? There's no difference. There's no difference. That's why the Bible always describes people as nations because there's no difference. A man is the seed of a nation. A nation is the tree of a man. That's why the whole of Israel bears the name of one man. And if that man misses it, 
everything that evolves from that seed will also miss it. So if things are addressed at the seed stage, you can correct the way the tree will grow. So the seeds must first of all be addressed to cause fruitfulness. Then we begin to have discussions about equity and ownership. Do you guys understand? Because God wants us to own things. That's one of the ways you can really have control. When we start to own, we have equity in the land. We have equity. The, in America, for example, the white Americans, they are fine with Michael Jordan jumping and making millions of dollars. They are fine with you buying all your cars. They are fine, they are fine, they are fine. What they're not fine with is you having a share in the Lakers company and you now have a seat on the board table and you can now decide what the company does. Now that's where they have a problem. But you see, that's where God wants us to get to. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? That's where God wants us to get to. Where we have gained equity. Enough equity for our voice to have weight. That's why, what's this guy's name that owns Tesla? Um, what's his name again? Elon Musk. <laughs> he won't let anybody own majority share in this company because he wants to have the final say. Because equity, whether equity in the form of shares in a company or equity in the form of shares in the minds of people, right? That's why they killed M.Q. Abiola because M.Q. Abiola, even though he didn't own many, th- I mean, he owned a lot of things in, in the country, but aside from all his properties, he owned shares in people's minds, true or false. That's what made him so dangerous. That's why they had to kill Martin Luther King because he had shares in people's minds, shares on shares, that his decree could nullify the decree of the president. Oh, they keep people like that. But that's actually where God is trying to get us to. Do you guys get my point? That's where he's trying to get us to. That's actually where he's trying to get us to. Right? That's where he's trying to get us to. Real influence. But of what use is being the influence when we ourselves are influenced by things that we should have control over? Do you guys understand that? Or what use is being the influence when you yourself are influenced by the wrong things? What's the use of having control when you yourself are controlled by the things you should have control over? A man without self-control is like a city that doesn't have walls. It is better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Because a city is nothing but an extension of your own self. A man is a nation. And if you can't control the nation of yourself, you can't control the nation of a thousand people. Because those thousand people will be like a thousand parts of yourself externally. Because internally, there are already thousands of parts that are yet to come under government. And if they haven't come under government, who told you you can control a thousand people when the people within you are running amok? Now, in physical level, it doesn't mean much. But when you start to press into the spirit and you become more spiritually conscious, you realize that inside of you are many people. Remember, sometimes when you're about to go to sleep, right in between that sleep and waking moments, you start to see yourself having discussions with people. How many of us have experienced that before? Oh, my God, who was I talking to? Ah, of course. You're talking with your internal members. You don't know. 
When David said, I will bless the Lord all my soul and all that is within me, he knows that he himself, there are many parts within himself. It's very deep, but I don't want us to go into that realm tonight. You realize that inside of you are many individuals that are as real as you are, believe me, that have an intelligence of their own, they have desires of their own, they have ambitions of their own, they have lives of their own. You, you have no idea. The day God opens that realm for you to see, it might break your mind. When you meet one of your parts and they tell you, listen, I know that you want to let go of what that person said to you when we were 15, but I don't want that. I don't want it. I don't want it. I say, I don't want it. You must hit that bell. See what she did to us. I'm telling you the truth. That way when they lay hand on someone, the thing will start to talk. Yes, you are here in the path of the person. <laughs> do, you, do you guys understand? Right? In psychology, there's a name for that. They call it your shadow. And that's a deep teaching on its own, right? They call it your shadow, right? A part of yourself that, that what can I say? Is like an outcast. Your shadow, the part of yourself that is, that is, that is, no one knows, but that part is like your defender, you know? And that's why the moment you feel embarrassed, that shadow comes out. And instead of you to say, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed about what you said, you become vicious to protect yourself from shame. That's the shadow. And look at how it's controlling you because you are ashamed. Now imagine if you're a president and you're ashamed. That thing, the way your shame will make you lash out at somebody in front of you, when you're a president that has control over the armed forces, that armed forces will be an extension of that shame. Is this making sense? These are tyrants are formed. Where one person insults them, their, their self-esteem is offended, this and that, and then they punish the whole world because they haven't governed themselves first. Because whatever it is that we build will always be an extension of ourselves. So God wants us to create these systems in our homes, in our local communities. Some of us, I mean, you have an ethnic community of a thousand people. A thousand people, between all those people, if you calculate how much money is there, it's in crazy amounts. But no one thinks, oh, let's come together and make playground for our children that's beautiful. Let's make a park where they can run and can be safe and we'll have security. Someone thinks like that. If you guys get what I'm saying. That's why, for example, you have residential associations that they come together, they put a gate at the entrance of the streets, they come together, they hire security, they come together, they hire cleaners to clean the streets, they come together, they buy an estate generator, they come together. Are you, do you guys, do you understand that? From all these places, if these statutes are not formed there, we will bear fruit for the wrong things and we will multiply the wrong things. Because everything that exists in this world has that sacred command from God that says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That's what Jesus Christ meant when he said, go out into all nations and make disciples of all men. It's the same command of be fruitful and multiply. Yes, the 12 of you, what has been achieved in the 12 of you, go and do it for 10,000. That's why they created churches, to become extensions of the life that Christ formed amongst them as 12. 
the life that they live, how they treat themselves, how they, how they serve themselves. Because it's not enough for it to be 12. It has to be 70. It has to be 150. It has to be 10,000. That same model is what God is inviting us to do in this time, especially in a dark world. Because God always plants a garden in Eden. Eden is not the presence of God. It's the garden in Eden that is the presence. Are you guys understanding? Goshen is where men are near to God. And if you are near to God, it will show in the fruit of your labor. It will show in the things that you do, in the things that you build. It will show. Do you guys understand? It will show. I saw a video yesterday, and back then I used to be, I used to be like a watch aficionado. I was crazy about watches. But yesterday, I just saw yesterday a watch. Um, I think it was a Patek Philippe. It was a moon, moon dial watch. $8 million. And look at how they were doing it. You know, they wouldn't touch it and everything. I just actually paused. I said, isn't this foolishness of great profundity? Back then, it would blow my mind. Like, wow, you know, Patek Philippe, Vacheron, Constantin, you know, IWC. I was so crazy about watches. But I just actually paused. I said, how foolish is this? It is not just ignorance. With all the issues that we have in the world today, people live their lives in service of the vanity of others. I saw a video, one guy who just became a world heavyweight champion. And then some watch guy came to come and meet him in Las Vegas, brought a whole box of watches of different amounts, $2 million, $3 million. Now he's giving one Audemars Piguet, Royal Oak, Frost, Frost Gold. He's like showing me, yeah, this is the watch for the gold. A gold has to wear a watch like this, you know, and everything. $2 million, yeah, you look good. He was feeding his ego. And in, in hopes that when I feed his ego, he will give me money. And that's how I earn my living. Do you guys know that's witchcraft? Do you know? Do you guys know that that's witchcraft? That's witchcraft. I profit upon the flaws of others. And I amplify, I amplify their ego. Even when I'm selling my clothing, I'm doing this. Ah, you will get this man if you wear this dress. Oh, he will fall in love with you. You are profiting from the brokenness of a person. That can't be godly industry. It's witchcraft. It's witchcraft. Witchcraft has updated, in case you guys don't know, my friends. It's updated. Those archaic stuff, those archaic stuff are nothing. They are nothing. The cutting cow and goat, they are nothing. Those are trivial things. How many people can one cow enchant? Come on. One cow. How many people can even enchant? Because at the end of the day, when we talk about all these rituals, we're still dealing with energy, right? It's all energy. A cow only has so much energy within itself. So you kill a cow, cut it into 25 pieces. There's only so much energy that one cow has. How much impact can it make? But with my social media, right? Holding on to the fears of many people, I can poison and manipulate millions to do what I want to do. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Millions. Hitler weaponized millions of people. This is what you call witchcraft. 
Not only that, he also even used a lot of magical stuff. When he did his hand like this, you know that, that stuff he used to do when he did his hand like this? He used his hand to form a rune. The rune tear is from the Nordic language. And he made his, his, his actual body a channel of magical power. And he did that and made everyone do that. And he was riling up their anger against the Jews. And he used it to weaponize them. Witchcraft. It's the same with marketing these days. Look at now, for Lagos State, they can see that, oh my God, they're about to lose. What are they doing? They're not bringing up tribalism. Ah, Igbo's will collect your land, oh. Ah, he has Igbo wife. Witchcraft. It's all witchcraft and manipulation. It's witchcraft. I'm robbing people the ability to choose with a clear mind, so I cloud their mind with their emotions. The emotions that have been suppressed, I rally it up and I use it as a, a, a rain on their lives to bend them to my will. Isn't it so? A femme fatale, she wants the man to do this and that for her, so she dresses a certain kind of way. She knows that delayed gratification makes him thirsty for her, so she denies him what he wants for a long time and blows his mind. And the man is crazy about her and he gives her everything he wants. It's witchcraft. And if you observe, there are many organizations that have been built on things like this. And they, 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 they gratify you very slowly to enslave you, just like that film fatal. So you give yourself. Look at Apple. Every six months, they give you new updates. <laughs> Update they made three years ago. But then if I just push it, I'll keep them thirsty, you know, I'll keep them, you know. <laughs> and every six months, you now buy a new one. And they now convince you that if you don't have the new iPhone, you are a useless person, you are broke. <laughs> now they now play on your low self-esteem to get, get money. <laughs> Do you see how all of us have been, witchcraft has just been, they've been using witchcraft on us all this while. And, and we didn't even know. We've all been victims of witchcraft all this while. We didn't even know. It's all witchcraft. I actually have this phone. I'm enjoying this phone. Why? Why should I drop a phone that I'm enjoying to buy this new one that you have made? Why? When the one I have is working for me. I can watch my videos. I can take my pictures. I can make my calls. Why? Why do I need to buy a new phone? But it'll tell you that you're a loser. You know, people look down on you. You know, you're... And you find people who are very rich, you see, they break out of this because now they don't, at least in that realm, in that realm they don't prove anything to anyone. So they use their, their basic Samsung, see Mark Zuckerberg wearing the same gray shirt everywhere. You, 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 you get my point. But it's we who are falling for all this kind of, of, of witchcraft and stuff like that. So now you even have churches that are now even applying these same things and using all this formal to pull people to the church. And they say, well, we have to learn marketing. Witchcraft. They don't make videos to make you feel like you're missing out. Whoa, whoa. They don't end it at a point where, oh, oh, my God. I need to go and see, oh, my God, that church. I need to go to that church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, listen, God. The dealings of God is going to come on so many people. <laughs> the dealings of God will come on so many people. The dealings of God. The dealings of God. There are a lot of things that God wants to teach us in this time 
in order to build the right systems, the right industries, where people will flourish. God wants you to have money, believe me. God wants you to have a lot of money. What God doesn't want is for money to have you. That's a problem. Do you understand? The Bible didn't say wine is evil. Jesus Christ drank wine at the wedding of Cana. The problem is when the wine starts to drink you. <laughs> the problem is when the wine starts to drink you. Because should be told, if one decides to drink, you know, what do you need more than a glass, a glass and a half for? What do you need? That's, that's pretty much enough. Should be told, why are you drinking a whole bottle? For what? Now that's a problem. Do you understand? It's a problem. Some of us, you just find this nice guy that you just met. You don't even have self-control. You just give him four days. Every day you are messaging in the morning. Can't you just deny yourself a little bit? <laughs> you can understand what I'm saying. Let me, not, let, let me not do some flogging now. That's, that's not the intention. You know what I'm saying. But <laughs> <laughs> Yuri, what's your problem? Am I talking to you? <laughs> Do <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Right? So in building Goshen, in creating Goshen, even in this time, we have to think about fruitfulness and multiplication of the systems that God starts to bring in our lives. How can this become an industry where it's much larger than me? It's much larger than I am. Because this is the only solution to the darkness of this world. There has to be spiritual safe havens, sanctuaries, where people can flourish in righteousness and holiness. There are sanctuaries where people can flourish in evil. I had a friend who was telling me about in Paris, how they were like, they were like, um, they were like, <laughs> it's too vulgar, I don't know how to say it, man. Like in the red light districts, they had like underground gay clubs where men just go there and you just, once you enter, you have to enter there with like a thong and then, you know, you just find anyone to sleep with and it's fine. And in that place, all your desires, all the weakness in you can flourish without stress. You know, you don't feel ashamed. No one mocks you. No one does anything. You know, men touch you. You touch men, this and that. It's, it's a sanctuary for evil. Do you guys understand? In that sanctuary is a Goshen for the devil. There, even if the church is filled in that place, in that place, their evil is serviced and they are empowered and they are enriched in darkness. Do, do, do you guys understand? It's a place where darkness is enriched in darkness. Look at Hollywood. People just casually talk about how, oh, she had sex with sex with this guy's husband. Oh, she slept with this guy's wife. Oh, oh, oh. And no one is ashamed. <laughs> like, it's not even a thing of shame. They don't even shame you for it. It's just this that everyone laughs about. Like, it's not even a thing of shame. That's what you call a sanctuary for darkness. Where darkness is preserved, it's kept, it's stimulated, it's massaged. If that is true for darkness, it must also be true for light. And the education that we begin to give to our children in our homes, some of us are parents, 
We're learning how to be intentional about making prophetic declarations over our children. How can we make this an industry where that doesn't end in our homes, but we start to have schools where that happens every day? And the teachers are like an extension of the parents and they pray for the children every day, not knock their head when they can't answer five or six. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? What the same value systems you're trying to implement in your child in the house, they carry it along in school. Do you guys get that? Those basic value systems, how they can become industrialized to the point where a whole nation lives like this, act like this, think like this. Look at the Chinese community. They're so close-knit. They all think alike, they all act alike. Even in the midst of a foreign land, they kept their culture. They still speak their language, they still use their metaphors, they still, they still do their practices. They even brought their temples to the West. They brought their ashrams to the West. They brought it, they have created it right in the midst of adversity and they have thrived. They don't care who is present, that was, that's not their problem. Yeah, they might even, not like they don't care at all, but like they have seized control of their destinies. So much so that it has helped them to even gain equity in that land. It's what the Black Americans are trying to do now. They're getting their, they're owning things now. And when you own things, now you can define the narrative a little bit. But it's not just about owning things and defining the narrative. The question is, what narrative are you giving? Because if the Blacks now have more money and power to define the narrative, but they're not healed from the pain of slavery, and racism, all they're going to do is, look at that's what Black Lives Matter was. That shows you a picture of what it would be like if Black people enter power right now. They're not healed enough. They're really not healed enough. They're not yet healthy enough to have a certain level of power. And it's the truth. Because they'll own the narrative, but what are they going to share? The same vice and bitterness that the white people had towards them. Oh, God damn the white people, this and that. That's what they're going to do. It will not be a message of inclusivity, of love or forgiveness. It will be vengeance. Now I have power. Let me do my own back. Now, hatred and vengeance has become industrialized. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? In the name of comedy, bullying has also become industrialized. Where you climb on stage, you berate a person, insult their clothing, insult their family, insult everything, and they're supposed to be fine with it. Yeah, it's wrong for Will Smith to have climbed that stage and slapped that man. But it's, what, was, what was it? Was it right? Yeah, I know they came online and they shared their woes with the world. But why are you berating them for that? Why can't you pray for them in your closet or even call him and see how to give counsel? But it's not entertainment and leisure to berate a man and his wife. And he's supposed to be fine with it in the name of, oh, you're mature. That's nonsense. Do you guys see what I'm saying? How evil has become industrialized. It's evil. In Port Harcourt, there's a place they call the Suit City. You have massive oil companies that have made massive oil rigs. They make billions of dollars. But they don't even think it expedient to take care of the indigenous people of those lands, to at least help them have basic life. 
Not only did they employ, not only did they not employ them and risk their land, build schools, hospitals, you, you impoverished them even more. You destroyed their waters, killed their fishes, polluted their air. Is that not evil? Is that not evil? And a lot of those people, they go to church, they call themselves Christians. What devilish Christianity is that? When your Christianity cannot teach you social responsibility. Love makes you responsible or makes you take responsibility for things that even you didn't do just because it needs to be done. Yes, everybody in my family treated this person that way, but why do I have to do her like that too? Everyone knocks the house girl. Why must I knock the house girl too? Why? Do you understand? And they will industrialize knocking house girls by making movies about house girls always being maltreated and why they should be maltreated because they are thieves and everything. And it becomes a culture. The church has the power to change this. If we really sit up and come together to build this, but it, it must begin in small spaces. And from those small spaces, we begin to be fruitful and multiply. There's nothing wrong with the internet. There's nothing wrong with artificial intelligence. There's nothing wrong with all these things that, that are these new technologies. They are great. They are simply tools. Do you understand? They are just tools. Google is a tool, isn't it so? AI is not new now. Google is AI. Do you guys know that? Google is AI. Google is artificial intelligence. We just happen to, we just happen to be in, in a time where artificial intelligence is now evolving. Right? And it's now more sentient than it used to be. Just last in December, everyone was screaming ChatGPT, ChatGPT. Today, there's, there's now GPT-4, which is even greater than ChatGPT, by, by like 10 times greater. A new update that can pass a bar exam. <laughs> can you imagine? A lot of people are going to lose that. Listen, <laughs> brothers are going online to find out what jobs can AI not steal from me. <laughs> People are going to lose jobs, but it's good. <laughs> it's good because now it will force us to begin to recognize the true values of the human being because we are taking pride on, in things that are animalistic. This is not the strength of the human. Do you understand? You can't be dragging with lion for who is stronger physically. That's not your strength. The lion will kill you because now you are, you, are, you are walking in his realm. Of course it will kill you. You're not stronger than a lion physically. But your ability to process makes you greater than a lion. Well, you can scream and make yourself look bigger than you are. You can take a spear and throw it at him from 30 meters away. You can get a gun and shoot it because of your ability to process things. And put two and two together, two and two together. Two. The lion can't do that. His brain is, is, is thinking about is very small. They now talk about the spiritual aspect of man, which has been completely neglected by the world. Thank God for AI. It will show, it will, it will, it will show how we've been living below our potential. People are going to lose their jobs. And it's the same thing that happened in the era of industrialization where machines came into the world. Right? When machines came into the world. It's the same thing. People lost their jobs. What would it take 20 farmers to do? What machine would do it in half the time? Of course, you're going to lose your job. Now, you have to find out to how I can be a better farmer beyond just cutting grass. Right? 
care, steadfastness, real concern for people. How do these things become industrialized? Because, for example, businesses, at least they teach that to some degree, right? Think about the clients. What are their wants? What are their needs? That's why you make a survey of the society. What is missing, right? And based on what is missing, you try to meet that need. Even though people do it from a selfish point of view, but it's still, it's still based on the principle of love. You can't make money in this life if you don't love someone or you don't use the principle of love. Because what is love? People think love is, I love you because you feel a void in me. No, love is, I love you because I feel a void in you. That's love. Love gives, it doesn't take. So I love you because I feel a void in you. I love you because I give to you. I don't love you because you give to me. For God so loved the world that he gave. Not for God so loved the world because they gave. Do you guys understand? Do you guys understand that? So how does your business give? How does your, 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 your term in government give? How does your marriage give? Do you understand? Everything that you are, how does it give? And how does it become an industry where what you give actually tallies with the real needs of the soul, not as the needs of the flesh? So it is a massive, massive mindset shift that God is bringing the church into. When we begin to walk in these lines, we can change a lot of things. If, if everyone decides, I'm not going to buy that ticket for $2,000, those people will be forced to cut their prices down, true or false, because their power is only an illusion. Isn't it so? At least Bitcoin cryptocurrency has shown all that, right? Because today, Bitcoin is $20,000. If people decide, okay, we want to buy it, it now becomes $50,000. What they say, I don't want to buy it again. It comes out to $20,000. <laughs> it shows you how what we call value in this world is, is very fickle. It's very trivial. It, 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 has very, it, it doesn't have depth. Because if people decide, I no longer consider what you have to be valuable, you lose value that day instantly. Look at that bank in America, Silicon Valley Bank. In one day, it lost its net worth. Went bankrupt in one day, a billion dollar investment bank. Simply because people said, I don't longer value anymore, I'm taking my money. In one day, they crashed. So it tells us a lot, the power of our voice as well, if we have integrity, if as a nation we say we won't watch Pornhub, this country will be a bad investment for them. Is it a lie? Is it a lie? It will be a bad investment. They will be the ones to pack their things because it doesn't profit them to be here because there's no demand for their supply. But how do we create that in the average man? Now, these are questions we have to ask. And these are things we have to work towards. These are systems we have to build. But it's not just by saying don't watch porn. Okay, don't watch porn. Now there's a void. What is going to fill that void? Have we established that? How will, how will the energy be rechanneled? You see, that is where God is trying to bring the church to. Because we have to create these sanctuaries that will serve as a microcosm, a small image of what God would love to establish nationwide. Because among the disciples in the early church, among those people there, they had a little picture of heaven. Do you guys agree? They had a little picture of heaven right there and then. Not, not that they were not, not that they were, they were perfect, but there are some things that they were intentional about establishing in their circles. 
what has been established on a small scale is what we expand to a large scale. Paul said, a man who does not work should not eat. That mindset of, I have to get up and work. I have to contribute something to society. I have to contribute something to the commonwealth of humanity. Bees are working every day. Mosquitoes are working. Ants are working every day. If you make a mistake and leave honey or sugar, you see how hardworking ants are, how they make sure that their colony has food to eat. They would make a long train that can even be as long as a kilometer. Do you know that ants can make a train for as long as a kilometer to make sure that there's food in their colony? If those little creatures get up every day and walk, how much more we human beings are supposed to be superior to them? Or do we not know what superiority is? It's greater responsibility. That's what Paul was teaching. So it's not about how long you can pray. You have to see how to solve problems in the world, how to increase your ability, your skill set, and how the church can start to create systems of grace. Let me give an example of grace. <laughs> grace gives you something that you don't, you haven't earned. What, the word grace is from the Greek word charis. From that word, you have charity. You find a young boy who is clearly very intelligent, but he hasn't earned, he doesn't have the money to pay for his education. You fund him, send him to school. Some people, it's not even about funding, it's about counsel. There's no one to actually talk to them. How do you create industries that caters to such people, that takes care of them, that tries to heal their minds, even if they can't afford it? Because rehabs are so expensive today. How can the church begin to create those kinds of establishments? And okay, even if they don't have money, but if they enter there, you give them a work that they must do every day. Maybe they clean the room, they clean the building. Do you guys get my point? I'm just giving, I, I don't claim to have the answers. Do you guys get my point? I'm just trying to give vision because some of us, we already have ideas latent in our hearts that this kind of conversation can flesh out true or false. True or false. Because I'm not a neurological scientist. I'm not a banker, I'm not a doctor. So in all those fields, I can't give the particulars because I, I, I'm just, uh, that's the truth. And I'm, I'm not so arrogant that I would not admit that. But some of us are these things. And in hearing all these things, we see how it applies to where we are and what we have. And we can see how to begin to achieve this, right? You have a business. How do you make sure that your business is an extension of the family unit? And people who enter there are healed, not broken. I, was, I went for a, a, a shoot the other day for some TV program on DSTV. And while sitting down there waiting for them to arrange all their setting and everything, I saw how the producer was just berating the lady, some other lady there, you know, from, because of her scripts and everything. And I, I, just, I just sat on there. I'm like, what kind of rude person is this? Like, what, why do you need to be that way? Can't someone make a mistake? Is that how to caution people? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? They make a mistake. They say, what's wrong with you? Can't you think? Like, why? Do you guys get my point? Why do you have to do that? She ruined the energy of the room. Now about doing that, and I say, okay, now come and talk about Bible. I, what's wrong with you? I, I struggled for the first 10 minutes because I had to, first of all, remove that energy from my body. I guess you know what I'm saying. I had to first remove that energy because she, she poisoned me with her aura. It was so negative. 
Now that young girl who she's doing like that will not think that this is how life is supposed to be. Now, when she's when her turn comes to be in power, she might not end up doing the same thing. After the matter, I actually spoke to her. I said, listen, what that lady did was bad. Make sure that when your time comes and you're in control of a set, you don't treat anybody that way. Because she was putting her on edge. I saw the girls in the corner. She started praying to try and get herself, you know, in order. I felt so bad. And the girl was not even so embarrassed. She couldn't even look at me. You know, trying to look at her. She was a bit embarrassed. Like, you know, I, I felt so bad. I felt so bad. How many workspaces are like this? Some of us were even like that in our workplaces that we treat our employees. Someone can't make a mistake around you. You will berate them, abuse them. What kind of life is that? And you want to take over my mountain. <laughs> ah, God help us. God help us. What mountain are we taking over? What, what mountain? The mountain of God has to first take over us. Are you guys hearing me? We need to create different kinds of workspaces where you also teach people how to own their voice and also teach them self-control. Yes, you have ideas, but you have to put it under control, right? Room for expression, right? You're in charge. But be a person who is open to correction, who can see a different path and repent without feeling like you're less. Do you think you're better than everybody around you? That's, that's foolishness. You can never be the best in the room at everything. You can be the best at something, but not everything. Someone will always be better than you at something. That's a fact. Creating our, our structures like this. Do you understand? Even in church, you're in the choir, they're insulting you because you got this thing off pitch. Does that encourage anyone? Do you guys get what I'm saying? Does it encourage anyone? That's not the kind of society we want to build. It doesn't, even be, it doesn't build healthy people. It doesn't build healthy people. So I've said all these things tonight for our consideration. We have to be intentional about the kind of communities that we build. Your friend made a mistake. She did this. Don't be quick to gossip. First of all, pray and reach out to her. How far? What's going on? What's up? Care for people. Don't be happy to hear of someone's demise. Some of us, we are happy to hear of someone's demise. Should I prove to you that that's become an industry? Should I prove to you? Should I prove to you? Do you want to prove it to you? That has become an industry, hearing of someone's demise? Should I prove to you? I'm sure some of you can already guess how it's an industry. Look at Insta blog. Look at Linda Ikeji. Back in the day, it was City People, it was Encomium Magazine, TMZ. There's a whole industry built on that spirit of gossip and pleasure in the failures of people. The systems have been built on that. Do you guys understand? These are things that we can change. Really and truly. But it starts by what we do in our immediate spaces. Don't be quick to join gossips and all those things. Oh, do you know what happened to that girl? Oh, do you know what happened? Yeah, everybody's talking, 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 talking. Seeing that a person, you now get to that person, the person feels so destroyed. They can never move forward because look at how much they've been shamed. 
And if you wouldn't do that in the church, even in our own family, you're a parent, don't make sure you don't do that. Gossiping about your own child. And your child hears you gossiping about them to your friend on the phone. How many of us have actually been victims of that? You know what I'm talking about. How many of us have been victims of that? Where you hear a parent gossiping about you to someone. How many of us can testify of that? If that has happened to you, and you know that pain you felt, let that pain educate you the next time you are about to gossip about another person. Let it educate you. Let that pain educate you when you want to gossip. You felt pain when they gossiped about you like that. Let that pain educate you so that you can have an idea of what another person will feel like if they heard you speak about them like this. Because this is how we break people unknowingly and we're wondering why they're like that. You have the power to change narrative, to change culture. Culture influences government in no small way. Believe me, friends. In no small way. In no small, do, do you know what the Beatles, Elvis Presley, Madonna, Prince, do you know what they did to America in 10, 15 years? You have no idea. They derailed the destiny of a nation. Anyway, that was their judgment. God, God sent those people to judge America. They derailed the nation. Derailed the nation. Now Nigeria, there are new apostles in the name of Whiskey, Davido, all these people. What are their names? Naira Marley, Ashake. Derailing a generation. And someone said, oh my God, I don't talk like that. Look, look at every one of their songs as sexually explicit. How would young men and women stay faithful in marriage? When all the songs, I, I, it's, it's, the, the amount of vulgarity is unbelievable. It's so explicit now. At least before they were a bit more poetic, so it wasn't so obvious, but now it's so explicit now. And people dance to these things and are posting it on their stories. And in my heart, I'm like, are you not aware of what you're doing? It's not about even being religious. Look at the value systems of those people. Do you want your child to inherit that? Guys, am I, am I, am I being ridiculous? Talk to me, please. Am I being ridiculous? Do I sound like all these old people that are just silly and no, I'm outdated and this? No. Look at their value system. Do you want your child to be like that? Look at the way they treat girls in their music videos. Do you want your daughter to be there? Would you like your daughter to be half naked and a man is smacking a butt in the name of music? You want your child to be that person? Come on. Come on. And we sing these songs. But yet, when we say, oh, let your child be like that, we don't want it. How can you say that as normal? That tells us the, 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 how impactful the apostles of darkness have been. Because they have made evil to be normal and commonplace. And anyone who speaks against it is just old school or silly. Can you imagine? And even some people who are like Christian influencers who talk like this online. Say, oh, you religious folks, shut up your dirty mouth. Oh, I'm sorry, so painful. Like, shut up. Shut up. Will you want your daughter to be in those videos? Will you want your daughter to be in those videos? Like, will you want your daughter to be in those videos? To be treated like animals? 
And these are the things that we're celebrating. And we dance to these songs. Why wouldn't we be derailed? Why would marriages fail? Why wouldn't all of us become criminals? Why wouldn't greed finish a generation? When everyone is listening to, if you don't get money, hide your face. I hide my face. Let another man picking run my race. Every time, why have been money? Hello, baby, have you sent it? Culture has been created by these people. Now you have women who have no value whatsoever but to have sex with a man and create new sexual positions, and she believes that's enough to demand the world. Am I, am I talking rubbish? Am I talking rubbish? Oh, yeah, send your Aza, send your Aza. They have deceived you. Because they have money, now they have deceived you to believe that, ah, once I give you money, give me everything. So now the girl believes, ah, if money for hand, back for ground, money for hand, back for ground. And that's what the average girl is thinking. Because of these songs that have created the culture of a nation, now the average girl is a prostitute. Average is a prostitute. They all have prices. Ah. We're the virtuous women, friends. We're the righteous men. And we sing these songs like they're something. And if someone says this is not a good song to dance to, is it can you imagine these religious folks and even Christians berate people that call this out? It's, 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 it's a great folly. My Instagram folks, are you guys hearing me? Are you guys hearing me? Am I talking rubbish? Do you guys hear me? These are things. These are things that God is inviting us to consider. These are things that he's inviting us to combat in our generation by creating our own systems that will face these things and destroy them. And destroy them. Because our children are about to enter into a world they are not prepared for. The weapons of warfare that the kingdom of darkness has, even us, we don't even have the equipment to fight it. We don't even know what we're meant to fight. That's how bad it is. That's how advanced they are. That we don't even know where the battle line is until we are casualties of war. Our homes can't be okay. Our marriages can't be okay. Our businesses can't be okay. Our nation can't be okay. Because of the culture, the church has the power to define the culture of a nation. And God is calling us to this. Forget this stress of who is going to sit on the presidential seat. If he sits there now, he's not still the nation that will still push him to what, he, what, what they want. Isn't it so? Barack Obama was in power, but didn't the nation force him to do what they wanted? And because he wasn't a strong-willed man, they moved him. Is that why they kicked out Trump? Because they couldn't budge that man. I don't like I even like Trump because I don't really like his guts, to be honest. But I don't really like his guts. I just, you know, but there is a grit he had that made him so fearful in that country. Donald Trump was not like all these people. Donald Trump grew up in, in, in New York when the mafia was in power then in the construction industry. He used to deal with mafia people, hard criminals, tough negotiations, because then the trade unions then were ruled by mafia. 
labor unions. So you can't build any, just like in Lagos, before you can build something, you have to face the Omonile. The Omonile in America were the mafia. You must face them, you must settle them somehow. Now, someone who grew up dealing with hardened criminals, who are these nonsense, you know, Nancy Pelosi and all these uh, <laughs> silver spoon people. <laughs> they don't stand a chance. That's why he overpowered them. See, Putin. Putin was the head of KGB in the 1990s. He was the head of the intelligence of the, of the whole nation. That man is not a civilian. How can they compete with him? That's not a civilian. You guys understand my point. But most of these people, they don't have that kind of tenacity to face a whole nation and make them bend. They're not that strong. Most people are not that strong. So we need to work on influence culture. And it starts by success in our own sphere of existence. Very, very simple. Very, very simple. Integrity. Why do you need a prenup? Why do you need a prenup if you don't have integrity? Do you understand? What's the point of entering into a marriage? If you, if you need a prenup before you can marry somebody, you don't need to, you're not supposed to marry them. If you need a prenup before you can marry a person, you're not meant to marry them. Because already you're entering into the marriage focused on the wrong thing. Someone says, okay, what if you lose the money? That's not the point. Because at any given point, whatever you have can be lost. But is that what you're focusing on? Oh, failure. What about success? And doing everything you can to make sure this is successful, both of you. That from the very beginning, you're planning for failure. That's a bad mindset to have. Not saying that it's bad to have contingency, but when that's your focus, oh, when failure happens, when failure happens, then failure will happen. Because it's, it's at the forefront of your mind. Right? We have the power to shift culture and bring back the right value systems into homes, into businesses, into schools, into the government. But it begins with these micro communities that every single one of us are in. Become a police. You see gossip happening, call it out. You see lies happening, call it out. You see bad behavior happening, call it out. Don't partake in it. And if you see yourself acting in those lines, call your own self out and repent because you're a contributor into the world that we have today, whether positive or negative, and we have to take responsibility for that. So this is what God is calling us all into. No one is going to do it for us. No one is going to fall from heaven to do it for us. Goshen is the place where we are near to God. That's the meaning of Goshen, where people are close to God. And we need to have those enclosures. And how beautiful an enclosure that began with 10 people becomes 10,000. That's what God wants. That the righteousness of God covers the earth even as the waters cover the sea. Because we said God doesn't want the whole planet to be an enclosure. That's what God wants. But it always begins with you as an individual and your own sphere of influence and how you exert that mind, character, and will of God in, on everything around you. And you seek to see it expand and grow. 
And I pray that God will give us all the grace in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to labor, to labor, to see these sanctuaries come into manifestation in the name of Jesus. That's what we're here to do, friends. It's time for the church to begin to build the world they want to see. I can't wait for Hollywood to do it for you. Hollywood will shame you. Hollywood, have, they have the agenda now. Why are you waiting for? Why are you complaining? You see Will Smith and his wife. Why are you complaining? Why are you attacking them? Did they tell you they are with you? Do you understand? Why are you putting them on, on your head? Did they tell you they believe in what you believe in? So why are you stressing them? Do you guys get my point? Why are you stressing them? They don't, they don't live by your values. Why are you stressing them? Leave them alone. Focus on your focus. <laughs> really, focus on your focus. Right? Focus on your focus and build your own space. You have your family, you have your children, you have your friendships, you have your communities. Focus on that and build it. And if it becomes very successful, it will be its own marketing. And people say, oh, wow, let me come and taste of this water and let me see if it will work. And when it works, that's how it begins to spread. Who doesn't like functionality? Who doesn't like success? Well, we first of all need to be successful in the crusade of righteousness. That's what will make it attractive to the world, even though we're not trying to be attractive, right? But this is how it begins. Leave those people alone. Don't worry too much about LGBT. What you want to do is, if you catch one, love them. Because some of them, all their life, people have only criticized them. And you, in the name of, oh, you now join the criticism, and you don't realize that what they just need is love. And maybe with your love, they will be more willing to even consider your perspective. But you meet them, you condemn them again. We're going about things the wrong way. We need to focus on cleaning our house, building our house, so that we can have genuine things to export beyond those babblings that, that, that have no merit. Yeah, indeed. If you catch them, you love them. You love them, right? And you'd be surprised. That love is what they've never received from anyone. And now more than ever, you have a sway over them. There are many young people who just because a, a man loved them the way their father never did. At 13, they will do whatever the man wants, even though initially they never had that attraction. But because of the love they received, they become swayed to do what you want. That's the power of love. Mary Magdalene was loved by Jesus. All his disciples ran. She was there at his cross. That's what love can do. Imagine they were about to kill such a woman. They thought she was worthless, but look at her. She had the strength of a thousand men. She followed him even to the foot of the cross. She was even there at the tomb of resurrection. That's what love can do. So we need to consider all those things. We are crying about abortion. Have you created systems that can forgive people when they do that? Or even encourage them to even keep their child? A woman gets pregnant, the first thing they will slap her face, they will stigmatize her and all those kind of things. How are you helping her to keep the life of that child? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? How are you helping her to face that fear who are the ones that will gossip about her, but still the ones that will abuse her when she aborts the child. What kind of rubbish is that? Does that make sense? So he invites us into a world of deep consideration. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that God will open all our eyes and help us to do the needful in our own various spheres of influence. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
Friends of God, that brings us to the end of our very lecture.